What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're talking about the Miami Dolphins' 34-31 to victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Admittedly, this was one of the first games I wanted to watch. You know, having a matchup between Kyler and then seeing Tua's first real game action. It's weird to say that because he didn't have to really spread his wings much in the first game. And uh, the second game gave us a lot better feel for what he looks like, what his arm looks like, you know, all those different things. So this is one of the first games I wanted to watch. And since the Miami Dolphins won, we're starting off with them. Now, this was a tightly contested game. Came down to Zane Gonzalez leaving a field goal short in the fourth quarter and then Miami being able to run the clock out at the very end. So certainly came down to the wire. And neither one of the quarterbacks really disappointed me as far as intrigue goes. So let's talk about what Tua looks like. Certainly, he does look a little small out there in comparison to the other quarterbacks you see. You know, he may be every bit of that six foot, 217, but at the same time, six foot looks kind of small. It's kind of in the same way that Baker looks out there a little bit, even though Baker's a little bit more substantial. And not in a bad way. Baker's not fat. But anyway, Tua certainly does look a little smallish out there. But what I didn't expect is for him to look so quick and fast out there either. Now, he's not out running cornerbacks or anything. And I'm not talking about him being crazy fast necessarily, but I'll tell you, he looked a lot quicker and he looked a lot faster than I would have expected. And he was a lot more willing to run the ball than I would have expected as well. It was more successful running the ball than I would have thought. Now, seven for 35, I mean, that's good, but that's not certainly something to write home about. But I'll tell you, he was avoiding people in the backfield. He was moving around with good mobility and certainly his passes had some zip on it. Absolutely. Now, I'm not saying that he has a top 10 arm, but I don't think that he's going to have to force the ball all that hard down the field to get it there. Certainly looked like he had a pretty good amount of zip when he was throwing the ball, and I like that. I like the way his ball looked. It was really accurate when he had time to throw. And I'm still not super impressed with this line. So the fact he was able to do what he did was pretty good. He certainly was under duress and having to move the move around a pretty good a bit, but he looked capable of taking that on. And it was certainly encouraging from a football standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint to see what he was able to do with his legs and how his arm looked while he was out there. And it's not like the Dolphins are bereft of weapons, but at the same time, it's not like they're a super strong offensive unit either. I mean, Devontae Parker is your number one. That's questionable. Preston Williams, questionable. We need to check the injury report on him to see whether he's going to be back or not because he got hurt in this game despite the touchdown. Certainly that hurts Tua overall. But it's exciting for the Dolphins that I'm kind of excited about Tua as a quarterback too. And, you know, when he has a little bit better rushing than I would have expected, I'm interested to see if he can sustain that. He's certainly not as substantial enough to be the goal line back in a Josh style situation, but he's also, but he's also fast enough to take advantage of the field in front of him and do more in the pocket and with that field. So that's an exciting prospect for his fantasy value because we like fantasy quarterbacks that run the ball too. And like I said, it wasn't perfect. You know, he, he certainly didn't get away from all the pressure. He certainly didn't make every throw. But I can tell you with a certain amount of certainty that he looked good. 
that he looks like a pro quarterback and Dolphins fans should be excited. It's just a question of his growth. Can they keep him healthy? There's a lot of things to bake into the price there. But if you drafted Tua and you've held on to him in a two-quarterback league this long, then I think that's going to pay dividends for you overall if you were able to support the rest of the team with the rest of your picks. Because he definitely looks like a starting quarterback in the NFL. He definitely looks like with his health, he's going to be remain the starter. And he showed me things that I wasn't – he showed me things that he showed me in college that I was – that I didn't expect to show up so soon when he got on the field. So while it didn't happen as much in the first game, I am encouraged by the way it looked. Now, I'm not running out to get him as a quarterback one quite yet. He doesn't have that laser rocket arm that would push him towards that area. But certainly with the rushing floor that he displayed today, if he can continue on with that and continue to stay healthy, then I don't see any reason he can't produce some QB2 value for your two quarterback leagues. And maybe a a fill-in start down the line if he has a choice matchup. But still, he's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. He's not going to be able to navigate these pockets all the time because it's not a top-flight line. It's not a top-flight weapon situation. You know, gas can be an out. Certainly hurt them today more than I expected. So uh, while I love the way Tua looked and I'm excited to watch him going forward, I'm certainly tempering my expectations as far as his quarterback oneness in 10 to 12-team leagues. Now, I mentioned Miles Gaskin was gone. That led to an odd timeshare. Certainly, Jordan Howard, you know, functioned a lot towards the goal line. They tried to use him early. They went to Salvon at Ahmed later on. I think it would have taken Gaskin to really put this situation together where it would have been a quality situation and someone that you would have wanted to start it. Also, throw in Patrick Laird getting some snaps, and you've got a situation that leads to fantasy destruction because, you know, while Jordan Howard scored that touchdown, he still only had 19 yards. So that's certainly not a good day, even with the touchdown kind of salvaging things. But still, I didn't expect that to be a thing. If you picked him up expecting him to be an RB2, you're going to be disappointed because I don't think this is a dominant offense or a dominant team at all. And uh, I don't think that that's going to produce a lot of days where Jordan Howard's going to get a bunch, a bunch of goal line carries to be worth it. And I don't see them consolidating all the rest of the value into him because I don't think they think he has that capability, which I don't believe is the case either. So we're, we're okay with Tua, you know, QB two in two quarterback league. We're, we're definitely staying away without Gaskins. And really, I'm not sure where I would be buying any of the options as far as the pass catchers go either, because I don't see this being a super high volume situation. I mean, despite them not running the ball with a lot of success, at the same time, they're going to fight to a certain extent to keep Tua out of the fray because they have to and they need to in this season. So they're going to do some things that are a little counterintuitive to winning if they have to to keep Tua safe because his safety is more important than this franchise's season right now, especially with the draft picks coming down the pipeline, especially with the Texans floundering. You know, there's a bright future for Miami. I love Brian Flores. I love the culture he's creating. And you throw in two of potentially having quarterback status. I'm excited about those prospects. I just don't know if I'm ready to trust any of the options. If I was going to go towards any of them, it would be Devontae Parker, as weird as that feels, just because – he has the most talent. There's no doubt about that as far as the pass catchers go, especially with Preston Williams leaving. You know, I like Matt, Mike Gesicki. He's a huge wide receiver, and I love it. 
Jakeem Grant. I mean, the whole thing is good, but they're just spreading it out too much, and there's just not going to be enough volume likely to support anybody in a big way. Maybe Devontae in a wide receiver three situation or a flex, but I'm not sure I'd be excited about having him as a wide receiver two just because of the lack of volume and the way, the way they spread it around. Let's switch over to the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, when you're talking Cardinals, you're talking about the human highlight reel, Kyler Murray. It's been interesting. I think the difference in Kyler's game this year, certainly he's a lot calmer and he's making a lot better throws, so that makes a big difference. But it's his propensity to run the ball. He's a lot more willing to run the ball this year, and he's still taking smart contact while he's still taking more contact than he did last year, but he's still being smart about it. He is taking a little bit more hits, and he is a little slight as far as quarterbacks go, but at the same time, he is the fastest quarterback alive right now. And it's not just the speed, it's the agility and the know-how on how to use that. And he makes all kinds of people look foolish at any given time when it comes to him running the ball, when it comes to him escaping people in the pocket. And he's just realized that he has to make people pay. He has to use his legs. And it's a dangerous thing for the rest of the league when he runs for 100 yards and a touchdown on top of throwing for what he did. He's just been a destroyer of worlds as far as fantasy goes, and especially when everything is flowing through him. In the same way that it's flowing through Josh and Russell, it is also flowing through Kyler Murray, his legs, his arm, and that means everything to his fantasy value. So I'm certainly not selling Kyler. You know, he's shown a lot better chemistry with his receivers this year. Certainly having DeAndre Hopkins over the top of everybody else helps with that. You know, despite the down day from DeAndre, they were interfering with him. They were all over him. So he brought the tide up for the rest of the offense. So it was just one of those unfortunate days where he caught too much coverage and they put too much attention on him to the detriment of him, but to the survival of the rest of the team. Now they won this game, so hard to call it a flux, but man, this game was tight. And uh, certainly Kyler made him pay in all kinds of other ways. So I'm recommending keeping Kyler. I mean, certainly – there's a chance for him to show some inconsistency with him being so young down the stretch, but I can't imagine anybody else I'd want to bet on more than Kyler at this point because of how fast he is. You just got to see it. I'm going to make a film about it so you can see just what he's doing with his legs, how hard it is to square this guy up to get him tackled because man he's just so quick and fast the announcer compared him to Dante Hall one of the most agile guys to ever play the game and it's not a bad comparison at all because man this guy has all of those things and when he's so laser fast and he's got such a good arm it's just a recipe for success and you throw him in there with Cliff calling the plays I love what I'm seeing there and uh, you know what? I love what I've seen from DeAndre, too. It's just, like I said, things didn't go his way. They they overcoveraged DeAndre. And uh, while, you know, Kyler is okay throwing to other people, he certainly leans on DeAndre. So I'm not selling at all. I'm certainly trying to get DeAndre if somebody's willing to sell off this performance because, like I said, it just didn't quite go his way. He Kyler was still looking for him, and it doesn't show up in the targets, but there were a couple pass interferences, a couple penalty plays that really kind of shot his value in the foot but help the Cardinals overall. So he definitely raises the ship of Kyler and raises the ship of everybody else with his play and his presence in the offense. Cause that's more attention paid to him, less attention on everybody else. Everybody else can kind of go do their thing. Kind of like Christian Kirk did today. 
you know, I'm starting to regret saying that Christian Kirk couldn't hold wide receiver value. Um, certainly you'd want him more as your blow up wide receiver three at this point, but with the attention being paid to DeAndre, somebody is going to be open with, at those times. And Christian has shown a better propensity to get targeted, to catch those targets and to be able to do something with them. So, you know, if you picked him up, certainly he could have drafted him super late. Either way, he's providing value to you at this point. I hoping, I'm hoping it's more of a flex because there are those days where, you know, it'll go to other people because there are a decent amount of options out there. It's just not all of them are as talented as Christian. And while, and this is something I have been looking for as far as his play going forward. It's just I'm not sure that I'm quite ready to go there as far as him being – a wide receiver too, or somebody that I'm excited about starting outside of a desperation situation, just because man, it can be up and down with this guy because he is so pig play dependent, but he is so fast and he's so good out there that I like what I'm seeing and I want to see more. So I'm not giving up on him. Absolutely. Of course not. I'm just saying, man, I feel like if you're trying to compete for the championship, you probably want to have somebody better as your wide receiver too. If he's your wide receiver three in a three wide receiver league, I think I'm warming up to that more and more. And I think you're more and more excited about that as things go forward. And really as the Cardinals offense pushes forward, because he needs those extra opportunities and he needs that extra coverage on Deandre to really get loose in this way, because when it's not there, he's not as good of a possession receiver as you would like to kind of have that floor where, okay, he's going to get his possessions no matter what, but that's what comes with a big play receiver. That's why I like it better as a third wide receiver, because you can kind of afford more to have that boomer bust with that guy versus having only two wide receivers. Um, Or maybe you have a busted flex in a two wide receiver flex league. So we're keeping DeAndre. We're thinking about Christian. We're not really excited about anything else. There's just kind of, you know, other guys in the offense, although they have talent. So that's good for Kyler. It's not really anything that's going to sustain value. Something I had been excited about for some time was Chase Edmonds getting a chance to take the rails as far as the rushing game goes. And the Miami defense really played strong rushing defense. I mean, Chase got 25 carries and only managed to get 70 yards. Now, while that sounds like a bust, you only throw in 18 yards on three catches and that's not a huge day. It's not what I wanted for this team, but I like that I'm seeing Chase get the bulk of the carries, get the bulk of the lion's share of everything. You know, they didn't shy away from him at all. They used him as the lead back. And I like what I saw. It's just, man, it was not a lot of rushing lanes. And Miami did a great job of shutting it down in the rushing game and shutting down the backs. So it really came to Kyler. It really, they really had to lean on him in a lot of those ways, which led to a little bit of instability for Chase. I still think if Kenyon Drake remains out, that's, Chase Edmonds is somebody I'm going to be flexing out, maybe RB2ing in a desperation situation. You know, the Arizona rushing attack has been a little up and down this year. They don't have a superior line, I can say with certainty. And that's why Kyler has had to cook as much as he had, which we like. But at the same stroke, we're not as excited about the running game as we might have thought to begin the year. So it is what it is. Certainly, we couldn't have predicted that Kyler would have taken the reins like he has. But at the same time, It's certainly something that I think Chase Edmonds can fight through. There's a lot going to be a lot of attention on Kyler after this performance. So, so I got to think he's going to continue to get loose. I mean, he's got the Rams, Giants, Eagles, 49ers, 
to end the season here. And then the Rams again at the very, very end in the game, it doesn't count for fantasy. So I don't see any lineups that I'm super scared of. And certainly while the 49ers have had their moments, they didn't look good last week. And uh, I think the Eagles are also someone that can be taken advantage of. So when you throw Giants on top of that in week 14, certainly something I'm not shying away from. And I just want to keep monitoring Kenyon Drake's injury report to see how close he is and to see where Chase is going to end up. But I'm telling you, Chase has the talent and the speed. It just was tight defense by the Miami Dolphins today. And we want to see more from him to really judge him. But if Kenyon Drake is out, I'm still starting Chase Edmonds. You got to trust me on this one. That's what I've got for this game. Voice is still surviving, so there'll definitely be more podcasts this week. Like, listen, subscribe, download is the big one. And uh, we'll look forward to the next game. Have a great day.